You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. Can you believe that this is our last episode of season four? Uh, I know. It's Where's wild. the time gone? It's flying. It's flying yes, by. Yes. We have discussed a lot of really great topics this season, such as the value of a college degree, Ponzi schemes, fads and trends, and how to handle the haters. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to turn back the clock a bit and answer listener questions that we've received from some of our episodes. Yes. Sounds like fun. I think I'm ready. Okay, good. Me too. So jumping right in, one topic we talked about this season was foolish things we do with our money. This question comes from Mia. She asks, one of the things you mentioned was playing it too safe. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, that's a great question, Mia. Um, So, you know, we did, when we go back to that episode where we talk about, we want to have savings in place, right? So we're, you have to have savings in place for short-term stuff. So things that are coming up, maybe, you know, you have a wedding coming up, you you know, you need a new car, college, whatever it may be. We want to have that along with emergencies and those things that arise. But for the long-term, those are things like retirement or something that maybe is in five years or in the future. If you play it too safe and you put it in a bank account, savings account that's earning 0.002% or whatever you know it may be nowadays, that can be dangerous because just we've seen in the past too, inflation. It's not as high as it is right now, not so much in the news, but prices are still up compared to years ago. So the value of a dollar automatically over time is worth less year to year. So if you just stick it in some account that's earning basically nothing, you're actually losing money. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. And kind of looking at it from a lifestyle perspective, you know, we're in the day and age of YOLO and FOMO mm-hmm. and all these things, but... You know, I think it's important that we find that balance. I was right. reading something the other day about how Warren Buffett, I think, still lives in the same house or yeah, something he does, like that. Since 1940 or whatever. And you know, that's amazing. And like home is home and who's to say what that should be like. Right. But, you know, what's the point of earning and, and saving and doing all of these things if at some point you're not going to be able to enjoy it. So I think another good reminder from this question is balance. Yes, 100%. Finding a good balance. You are right. I mean, and I'm sure Warren Buffett probably has, I mean, I I don't, (laughs) he probably has more than that one house. I'm thinking, (laughs) yes, I think so. But no, to to your point, I I do think we have that money. I mean, obviously when we're saving for retirement, one day we're not going to be able to work, um, either physically or we're not going to want to work. So we have to have that money there to pay for our expenses. But yes, there are also things too. We should enjoy money. Money is there. You know, once we take care of our obligations, it is there for enjoyment, maybe paying for experiences or things, you know, I I agree. So balance, that's key. Yep. So another topic we went over were fads and trends. So this question comes from Oliver. He asks, what is a fad you are glad didn't last? I love that question. I can think of so many, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious, Danny, what comes to your mind? So for me, So it was the whole big, the fidget spinner thing. And at that time, I had just got back into teaching, and I was actually teaching middle school, so sixth grade. And every kid had these stupid things. And I was just like, 
Okay, so first off, like they were for people supposedly that had ADD and couldn't, you know, pay attention. These made kids more distracted than the, when they were just kind of tapping their foot and stuff. And then you had everyone, oh, I have ADD, so I need my fidget spinner. No, you don't. So that to me is something I'm glad that went away. Oh my gosh, yes. So annoying. Yes. Speaking of annoying, there are plenty of like TikTok trends and dances that I could think of that just make me roll my eyes. but. Uh-huh. I'll speak from more of my generation and go back to Furbies. I don't know if anybody remembers the Furbies. Mm. Those creeped me out. Yes, they were. They creeped me out so much, and everyone had one. They were on every show, every commercial. It was terrible, so I'm really glad those are not around. Did you have one? (laughs) No, I was terrified. So you you didn't even give in. Okay. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think I got one for a birthday one year from a friend, and like, kind of had to like give it to someone else because <laughs> I was too scared of it. So Very good. I like yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. So no Learn Furbies. Something new. No Furbies. Mm-hmm. All right. So in another episode, we discussed the financial lessons we could learn from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. There is one scene that depicts what looks like a bank run. Concerning this, Charlotte asks, is my money safe in a bank? Mm. Good question. Yes, that is a good question. Um, now, we can go online and go down plenty of rabbit holes, and I'm sure you can find some that are going to tell you, nope, get that money out, buried in the backyard, buy gold and ammo. And I mean, I guess if Armageddon happens, then yeah, that's a good thing, but not betting on that. Um, so yes, your money should be safe in a bank. It's FDIC insured up to $250,000 in every bank. So we think about earlier this year, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. That went, you know, kaput, but you're insured up to $250,000. So if you have more than that in a bank account, well, first off, you should probably be on this show and kind of tell us how how you did that (laughs) because that's awesome. But secondly, you want to move it around, okay? So maybe you have $150,000 at one bank, you have $100,000 on another, $75,000 in another, or at the bank account with your spouse, maybe you have two different accounts. So your your account's in one, you know, and then you have your spouse's account has more money in that one. So they add up. I mean, you can have up to $250,000 per individual. So that way you combine it as a couple, you could have up to $500,000 in one bank and it's safe. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, yes, I mean, it can be, you can read some doom and gloom and things like that. So, uh, but, but, but it should, if something were to fail and that money wasn't safe in a bank, well, we'd probably have a lot more problems to worry about than cash. And it'd probably worth nothing anyway. So. Right. No, that's very true. And I think, you know, there are so many things looking at, you know, you know, pillow money or mattress money doesn't really hold the same kind of uh, level of importance, I think, in this day and age. I mean, a lot of right. places like don't really even accept cash anymore. It's digital currency only, and that's a whole other rabbit that's hole. That's another. That's a good that episode. We don't yes. have to yes. go down today, <laughs> but you know, th- it is possible that there will become a time where those things make it even more challenging, right? right. Um, than it already is. Yeah. So. But yes, so so to go back to the question, um, Charlotte, yes, your money should be safe in a bank up to $250,000. All right. So in this final episode of season four, we're taking a look back. When we return, more questions from you, the listener. Great news. You don't have to visit Spain to run with the bulls. Unless you want to get trampled, visit MyMentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. Welcome back to season four finale of Run With The Bulls. 
In this episode, we have been answering your questions. This next one comes from William. He asks, I am getting ready to enter my senior year of high school and really don't know what I want to do in life. Is college worth it? Mm. <laughs> this is a great question. And mm-hmm. we discussed that way back in episode one about is college worth the, the cost? And it depends. Um, you know, so I would say, you know, in this case with William, uh, if you don't know what you want to do quite yet, it can be tough. Like when I went to college and I'm older than you, Whitney, so maybe the same doesn't hold true for you, but it didn't cost as much. So like you could go for maybe a year and figure it out. Right. And a lot of times in that first, first, basically the first two years, you're taking the English and the math that everyone has to take anyways, kind of figure out, okay, what's my major going to be. But now the value of college is so expensive. And, you know, even if you have scholarships, someone's paying for it, it's expensive. But also if you go on the, you know, you get out a student loan to pay for it and then you don't finish your degree, well, all that money, I mean, you're going to learn something, but you're not really getting bang for your buck because you're not going to utilize the money that you spent for your education. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if I were going to talk to say, so I have a, a sophomore in college, but I also have uh, junior in high school. So we'll say Ella, junior in high school, has the same question to me. As a dad, I would probably say, you know, maybe take a gap year. Maybe take some time, get out in the real world, work, have a job, and then just see what you want to do. And then that way you are earning money. You kind of learn, you know, the, the, how, how hard it is. And, you know, for me, I will say I'll go back working. I worked when I went to college. I went right out of high school, but I also had a part-time job delivering appliances. And I, I remember I wasn't applying myself, uh, probably like the president uh, of the student body, Miss Queen was when she was, I guess it was Davidson back then. But anyways, um, I, I was goofing off. And I do remember standing in the warehouse, South Florida, humid. I mean, it was like 95 degrees by 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm standing there one day and I'm like, you know what, if I don't get my act together, this could be my life. And at that time I'm 19. So I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I have plenty of energy, but do I want to be doing this when I'm 45? No. So that straightened me up. Next semester, I made president's list straight A's because I was like, you know what? That was a big motivating thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for someone, if you're not sure, maybe get out there, experience the working world yep. and help you figure out like, hey, you know, for me, I'm like, I want to be in the AC in Florida. So I became a teacher. <laughs> it's yeah. inside. But I think, you know, in, in today's too, today and age, tech schools are big as well. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have that for your degree. So I would just say, once again, you know, maybe take a little time. It's such an expensive thing to, to sign up for that you want to make sure you're, you're doing the right decision. Yeah, uh, I won't belabor the point, but I will kind of piggyback on you talking about getting some experience first. Um, I have a niece that's in high school, and one of the things that she's been working towards and, and we've kind of been talking about is if you're not sure really what you want to do, maybe go to some friends of your parents that have businesses and say, hey, can I come hang out with you for mm-hmm. a day? Can I yes. sit in your office and kind of see how things work, see if it's something that I like? Most people will say yes. Right. Most people will say we would love for you to come. You know, here's a little job that you could pick up over the weekend or over the summer, something mm-hmm. like that, because they want to see everybody thriving. Right. So right. I, I think that that's another option that you could have, William, is you know, maybe see if your parents have some friends or if your teachers at school have some friends that they might can make some introductions to some areas that you might have some natural interest and just try to follow that and see if that comes to fruition. Like the little internships and things like that. Just shout out. You may not get paid, but just, yeah, shout out and see, hey, this is kind of cool. I like this. Yeah, 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 exactly. So up next, we have a question from Harper. She asks, as a Swifty, I loved your episode about haters gonna hate. My husband and I have just gotten serious about doing better with our money. 
However, this has caused some uncomfortable moments with some of our friends who don't want to change. What can we do? So first off, I have to let you know that my co-host and now and I now have bad blood because <laughs> Whitney is not a Swifty. So explain yourself. <sighs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. I'm not. And honestly, can we really call her a Swifty these days? I, I mean, don't know, she's more Kelsey of like or a, a, a Kelsey or a yeah, Travis or I don't, I don't, I don't even the, know. Yeah. Yes. what this is anymore yes. but we'll, we'll get back to the point i mean yeah, i mean she is talented i've agreed taylor so i mean it's but very true. but and you can learn some lessons but okay we'll go back to the question um so this is kind of what that episode was all about like the haters and we kind of read some hate mail that we've gotten for the things we've done but kind of the, the big emphasis of that episode is especially in your financial lives if you make a change people that you like to hang out with that maybe like to blow money may make some comments against you. And, you know, for a lot of times it says more about them than it does about you because mm -hmm. they don't want to make that change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of go back to Harper's question, like, what can you do? Well, it, it can be tough. Um, you can't control how other people react. You can only control what you do and they're going to read it however they want to. But maybe, you know, suggest some some still to have fun, but maybe come over and have potluck dinners. Or if you do decide to go out, keep it cheap. Maybe go to a Mexican restaurant, just, you know, get margaritas and chips and salsa, whatever. So you can still maintain that friendship. And then maybe over time, the your friends will kind of see the changes that you're making and want to learn more and how you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, showing them the way is always, uh, you know, an interesting spin on that situation. Mm -hmm. But I would also say not to take it too emotional. It's um, but love yourself, have confidence in yourself. I think it's really wonderful that you and your husband are doing this together. Mm -hmm. Rely on one another and and have confidence that you guys are making the right decision. And you're your friends, if they're your real friends, they'll come along. Agree. If, if they're not, then you have your answer there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all had that in our lives, too. Yeah, like, you course. go through life and you have friends at certain points that do certain things. And then 10 years later, you know what? They just, they, we're different people now. And we don't, I mean, it's sad, exactly. but that's kind of the way life goes. It, so. Exactly. And and to put the point even more clear, your friends aren't paying your bills. So at the end of the day, true. <laughs> unless they want to take over paying your bills, I don't really think they have any business saying, Right. You know, what it is that you do with your money right. and how. Right, so. And if your broke friends are making fun of you, well, then, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you want to lose weight, you're probably not going to hang out with someone that goes to Krispy Kreme every day and gets a dozen donuts. I mean, that's just it not going to help you. So It would be tough. Yeah. So, yeah. So just stay the course. <laughs> yeah. In other Absolutely. Words. <laughs> All right. Up next is Lucas. He writes, I enjoyed learning about the benefits I can elect during open enrollment at my place of work. In your opinions, what is the most important supplemental benefit you can choose to obtain? Mm, I love this question mm. because, like all areas of our financial lives, it depends. Mm -hmm. For me, I would personally say life insurance. Why? Well, I have two teenage daughters. I have a spouse that I need to take. If something were to happen to me, we have a mortgage payment. We have two colleges right now, soon to be three. All these things, weddings possibly. So. Someone's going to have to take care of them. If my paycheck is no longer coming in because I'm no longer around, I have life insurance that Tracy will be able to take care of them. So for me, that's what it is right now. Ten years from now, it probably won't be life insurance. So mm -hmm. it just it kind of varies. How about for you? What do you think in supplemental terms? Like, Gosh, that's a. It really is a good question. I think um, for me, I've seen differences at different points in life. Um, for me, right now, I would say pet insurance. See, I was actually just going to say that. <laughs> we just talked, and I'm sorry, Whitney recently lost a, a pet, but the pet, it costs some money. There were some mm -hmm. medical issues. So yes, 100% for you, that is what's- Pet insurance you know, would be- Right. Five yeah. years from now, 
Who knows? Right. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question, but that's where I think we do have to put the personal and personal finance and look at your unique situation and see where you are. Mm-hmm. You get to be 65 years old. Hopefully you don't need life insurance because you have retirement savings. But if you're 22, hmm, and maybe if you're 22 and you're just starting out at work, maybe you need disability insurance because if you become injured, you'd still need a paycheck. So you just have to analyze and see which ones are important to you. And it can be overwhelming. I think that was another thing we touched on mm-hmm. in that episode. It can be really overwhelming to understand all the things that you have at your disposal. Yes. And companies these days are really great about offering quite a lot. But don't feel like you can't ask the question of what does this mean and what's right for me you know that's half of what our mentors are doing yes. on a regular basis well, that's with what the folks need. they work with mm-hmm. so um, I would say ask those questions and and ask this question Lucas that you've asked us what what is the the right thing right because you can what makes definitely sense. be overinsured and I've seen sure. that plenty of times when I was a teacher you would have those and I will say some of those uh, catastrophic insurance policies mm-hmm. that get sold those are the highest commission paid as well so of course. I mean, if you talk to someone that's selling cancer insurance, they're going to sell it to you. Like, But, I mean, do you really need it? I mean, that's where you just have to weigh it yourself and see and find out the details of it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Coming up after the break, more of your questions. Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back. In this final episode of season four of Run With The Bulls, we have been answering your questions. I have another one for you, Danny. This one comes from Ava. She asks, when it comes to being persistent, how do you know when it's time to give up on a dream? So I love this question for two reasons. So first off, I'm partial to the name Ava since it's my oldest daughter's <laughs> name. So yeah, I love it. But um, but most importantly, being persistent is something I have definitely done and kind of have led you know me to where I am right now, actually co-hosting a podcast. Um, so just kind of a, a one story on that is way back in uh, 2006, we moved from from Florida to Georgia. As a teacher, I had to go to a new teacher orientation, even though I was an established teacher as a new county. This gentleman came up in front, did a financial presentation. That time, I was just starting to write my first book. So just getting involved in the personal finance space of wanting to know more and helping others. I'm like, I want to be that guy one day. Like, I was like, that. this was great. So my first presentation for Mentoro, 14 years later, that same person was the person who introduced me on stage. So... <laughs> In between that 14 years, there was a lot of late nights. There were a few books written. There were some early mornings. There were times I took off work to go present for free. A lot of things, but I got there. So, you know, for me, I guess being persistent, I I loved what I was, you know, I loved being a teacher, but I also had this passion for personal finance. And I was able to still manage my time at home. I had two young daughters at that point and still take care of my family, but do my side hustle as well. Even though I didn't get paid a lot for some of the things I did, sometimes I did them for free, but I still it was still that passion. I was able to grow and keep doing it, but it didn't interfere with my other obligations. So that's kind of for me what I would say, like when to give up on a dream, I hate telling people to give up on a dream because that's what sparks you in life. We all have these dreams we wanna go for them, but maybe sometimes you don't have to devote as much time to it depending on your circumstance. I will say for me, with two young daughters, I had to work on mine usually 4.30 in the morning until 6 o'clock because I had a teaching job and I had obligations. So if I couldn't find that time, then maybe I would have to not pursue that dream as much. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. But to me, I think as long as it's not interfering with your obligations, I say keep going for it. Yeah, 
I would agree with that. One thing that my my mom actually has always told me is when you're working towards something, if you feel like you're always hitting your head up against a wall, that's probably not what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to give up on your dream. It just means that that particular path that you're taking to try to accomplish your dream isn't working. Right. Because usually when things are working out the way that they need to, it all kind of falls into place. It doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-mm. It doesn't mean that you won't face adversity, nope. but you can look back and go, wow, can you believe that all those sequences, you know, here I was 14 years later and I'm still mm-hmm. kind of in this path where this person is now introducing me in this other, you know what I mean? Things right. kind of tend to line up. And you look back and it is, it's very interesting to look back of like how it all, cause in the moment it's like, <laughs> I'm not making any progress in this, mm-hmm. but it's like those little incremental steps and just, but once again, it wasn't interfering with other things as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of on the side. So, but still building that momentum. And I think that's where I think a lot of people, especially right now where we see, you know, the sports center top 10 on social media of like instant success. And that's most not people, real life. we don't, I mean, we've talked about <laughs> even like with money, lottery winners, usually they end up broke. So those things that you work a long time for, they mean more because mm-hmm. you've had a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, a lot of energy going towards them. So then actually it's going to be, you know, you're going to get to that point one day be like, wow, I did it. Yep. Yep. And it's going to feel so much greater than two. I think another thing that you could do is level set on your expectations. So it's kind of what you're touching on. If you expect to hit success immediately, you're probably going to feel as though you're you're going to have to give up your dream much faster than you really are because yes. you just didn't have the right expectation as to how the path would go. 100%. If it's truly a dream of yours, something that you feel at your core, you will figure out a way to 100%. accomplish that. And dream. you learn a lot. Like, of course, when I wrote my first book way back, I wanted right away to get on like Today Show, Good Morning. Who doesn't? I mean, like, it, <laughs> right. But if I had, I wouldn't have been ready. So I had all these radio interviews. Some people, sometimes I had like one person listening at 10 o'clock at night, but I honed myself. And then like three years later, I was on national TV numerous, but like I presented myself well, I wasn't stumbling because I had all this preparation. So I think sometimes too, we do try to rush things. Who doesn't want instant success? Everyone does, of course. But I think, you know, enjoy the journey as well. And Mm -hmm. it's preparing you for something bigger in the end. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. So up next, we have Emma, and she asked, and I love this question, why is money important? So let's say you, it. Why is money important? I know there's a lot of reasons, but what do you think? I mean, it's a a hard one. How much time do we have? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, No, I think that that's a great question. I think in its most basic level, money is important because, you know, that's what that's the medium we use today mm-hmm. to to exist. That's yeah. how we um, can gain things. That's how we can trade things. That's how um, we can change our personal situations. So I think at its most basic level, you know, money is important because it's a tool that we have to use to survive. Right. Um, I think outside of that, it's important because it gives you options and choices. Sure. I mean, like the Wu-Tang Clan saying, cash rules everything around me. That's right. That's it. That's That's right. Right. You can learn a lot from the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, <laughs> all right. But for me, I, I think two reasons cash. I mean, my highest two opportunities, and we talked to, you know, about there's, if you have money, you can take advantage of opportunities that do come your way. But for me too, and I think, I mean, talking, having a female co-host, having two daughters, I like, especially for females, not trying to be sexist, but you don't have to put up with nonsense. To mm-hmm. me, when you have that cash and we've, you know, go back with the Me Too movement, women were put in some really horrible situations and they they did things they normally would not have done because 
they needed to financially, or they thought they needed to financially. So to me, having money set aside, having cash, and I guess a guy too, if you have a horrible boss, you know what? You can tell him, go to hell. I'm out. Like I am not doing that. That is not who I am, and I'm not going to do it for money. So to me, I think it's it, it adds a little bit of like, hey, protection, mm-hmm. so I can stay true to myself. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I think that's a great one. Um, and finally, uh, from James, he writes, I listened to your episode about the Ponzi schemes and was wondering, how can I tell the difference between an opportunity and a scheme? Mm, mm, mm. Great question. Um, so when you think of a Ponzi scheme, and you know, you can go back and listen to that episode, you're, you're giving something that doesn't exist. So basically, you're creating it. When we think of someone like Bernie Madoff, creating profit out of nothing. So some people will say like, you know, so some of these um, companies that you sell stuff and you move up, the, the multi-level management companies, like, oh, it's a Ponzi. No, you're selling something. There's actually a product. I don't want to throw like, you know, Mary Kay, but like you are selling products. So people mm-hmm. say it's a, it's a Ponzi. No, that's, that isn't considered a Ponzi scheme because you actually have a product you're selling. Now, multi-level marketing and people move up, you can call it a pyramid, whatever, but there's stuff to be sold. Whereas with the Ponzi scheme, there's nothing like you're right. just selling a batch of lies is all you're selling. Right. I think one way to tell the difference is, um, I mean, it's the age old thing of if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. And we all kind of have that little tickle in the back of our brain that yes. says, mm, listen to that. And if anything, listen to it long enough just to explore the opportunity a little further, right. just to see, OK, does this really have legs? How do I really feel like I'm going to get a return? What's the role I'm going to play in this? Do I have decision-making capabilities? How can I get myself out of it if it's not going the right direction? Ask yourself some of those questions. You mean think? Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> but, you know, it it's challenging because you can get really swept up in a really cool idea. And in this day and age of startups, I mean, it happens left and right. Yes. And and the, the landscape for what that looks like for investors is completely different. And so I think just, um, yeah, take some time to yourself to really think it through and really ask yourself how you feel about it and the part you want to play in it and understanding your own level of risk. If you have a high, you know, risk tolerance, then, hey, why not? Who cares? I mean, yeah. <laughs> see, see what happens. But, and I, that's not real advice, but, you know, understanding how you feel about certain things in your level of risk is is also a key thing, I think, here. So you mean that Nigerian prince really doesn't need my bank account to deposit money into it? I don't know. Okay. okay. I don't know. Uh, it, can you imagine it? Danny the princess. That well, could be nice. That, that, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I, I, it could happen. You never know. You never know. All right. So before we conclude with this one, I'm just going to, you know, kind of give a little fast forward. So, mm. uh, so we are going to be coming back for season five. So I will say thank you so much because of you listeners. That's why we're coming back. Uh, we've had over 20,000 downloads of the podcast. We've had, I don't know, now we've had almost 50 episodes, if not more now, I'd have to count. But just, it's been fun. And mm-hmm. we honestly, we started off, we thought it was going to be like one season of 10 episodes. And uh, thanks to you, here we are. So um, so just kind of a sneak peek. So season five will kick off January 16th. So by then, Alabama will probably be the national champion again. So um, 
Man. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll fast for that. That's kind of my prediction. Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so some of the other great topics uh, we will be uh, discussing next episode. Um, for Valentine's Day, how men and women view money differently. Mm. Mm-hmm. Should be it's good. be fun. Yep. Uh, what the happiest retirees do. So studies showed, like, when you retire, what are some of the, the things that are going to make you happy mm-hmm. and happier? And then also one about influencers. So kind of like that and how they, you know, make a lot of money just by uh, talking. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. I am really looking forward to, to digging into the research on that because that is just yeah. the big thing these know, days. So it's that'll crazy, be fun. Crazy. And maybe we'll have one for mentor. I have an idea of one, but I, uh-huh. I've been turned down. Oh. oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I know what that is. Anyway. I tried. I tried. I think on that note, Danny, that's going to do it. (laughs) Season four is officially in the books. Thank you for a great fourth season. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. And if you ever have an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at podcast at mentorgroup.com. Catch us next season as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.